You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed On Demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. We have a jam-packed show for you today. Uh, former NFL running back Merrill Hodge talking about concussions, be in studio with a, uh, a scientist uh, that wrote this book, Brainwashed, with him. Uh, Peter Cummings, MD, will be here to explain the, uh, uh, the hysteria over concussions in football and the faulty science of this CTE craze. And we'll go from uh, mind-numbing caravan information uh, and the unmitigated gall. We restart the uh, unmitigated gall counter. Uh-huh. One more time. Nice. And the hypocrisy of the left. I mean, just unbelievable. To uh, the biggest esports venue in North America, which is opening up here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Esports. Mm-hmm. What's that short for? Is that electronic sports? Is yes. that what that is? I don't I don't know. I'm seriously I am yes, that out of the loop. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh some fascinating facts from NASA. Uh we got more global warming garbage than you can shake a stick at, although I don't I don't know why anybody would shake sticks. Yeah, where did that start anyway? Global warming stuff or anything else, I'm frankly. Look that up. Find out how that started. Also the uh the Secret Service paid Tom Arnold a little visit. Uh we'll tell you why and and what happened there? It's, <laughs> it's actually been filmed. Uh, I don't know if that was okay with the Secret Service. Yeah, that video is um, interesting. You can hear somebody breathing. There's somebody that's hiding out in, mm-hmm. the, in the house there with a the camera. Strange. Uh-huh. Seemingly uh, dangerous, too. I don't, I don't know that you want to mess with the Secret Service like that. Uh, but uh, there's you know all kinds of things going on. I also want to tell you about the shop.theblaze dot com merchandise that you can get we've got everything from uh mugs to t-shirts and sweatshirts there's even a, a blaze i don't think there's a pat gray unleashed swimsuit but there's a blaze swimsuit there uh anyway check it out you can get all kinds of uh really cool stuff yeah i think did, i think we have a picture of did you somebody want there just, to be we could order maybe a pat gray themed uh, n- not necessarily no? no yeah we do have a we have an image uh can we put the image of amy up she got her hat in the mail or pat gray unleashed hat if you see there and there she is amy myrell nice very yeah. nice so Thank shop.theblaze.com you. i didn't realize it's in multiple colors hers is blue yeah. mine's yeah. black yeah i That's like them cool. both i like them both too yeah uh apparently these are flying off the shelves so mm-hmm. get yours now mm-hmm. while the getting's good um also, nine years after the big bailout of the automakers, uh, GM is planning to restructure and cut 14,000 jobs. Now, when you've been bailed out by the government, I, I, that, that opens you up to be uh, mandated to by the government. Yeah. I mean, as long as our tax dollars are going into your business, uh, we have a say. Sorry, you're essentially shareholders now. Uh, in fact, owners of your stinking companies. <clears throat> so uh, there may be some issues there. Uh, we'll talk about that. Also, Beto has now not ruled out running for president. Of course he has. That happened quickly. Mm-hmm. Initially, he said, nah, no, 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 no. 
I'm not doing that. Now he won't rule it out. He was asked about uh, running on Monday at a town hall in his native El Paso. He described vacationing last week with his family, something he said he wasn't able to do for the past 18 plus months. Uh, Of course, while campaigning, he lost by right around three points. And so now everybody thinks, well, if he can come that close in Texas, he can actually win a nationwide contest. Hmm. He said he's uh, focused on his family and representing his district until leaving the house on January 3rd. But after that, he and his wife will, quote, think about what we can do next to contribute to the best of our ability to this community. He's running. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, I would say so. And I am mildly concerned because if you're doing that well in Texas, ah, yeah, I mean, that doesn't bode well. That's uh, one of the one of the Obama uh, advisors, campaign advisors, supposedly said he actually that Beto created more excitement than Obama did. I don't know if that's true. I, I mean, there was kind of an Obama or a Beto mania, and uh, it was. Kind of inexplicable. Well beyond Texas's borders. I mean, I, I was maybe getting, mostly beyond Texas's borders. Yeah, uh, obviously you got national news exposure, but there were plenty of tweets coming in to me uh, that that were talking about bumper stickers across the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was a couple in the Northeast. I think one of them was in Virginia over the weekend. Got a report. Uh, Rocky was saying she saw one in Florida. And these were all people that have out-of-state licenses. It's not like they drove from Texas with the Beto bumper sticker on. It's a little concerning. and uh, Yeah, it's weird. don't like it. It's, it's downright weird because, you know, why? <laughs> why? Why? I, I mean, this guy's not a big deal. He's, a, he's essentially a socialist. Uh, I don't... Is he really that fabulous looking? Does he really rides, have that much that much charisma? But he rides a skateboard yeah, onto a I stage, know. Pat. And he skateboarded in a Whataburger parking in lot. In a parking lot. Which, wow, uh-huh. that is super hip. Yeah. Well, it shows that he knows that Texans like Whataburger. And it shows he can skateboard. So Well, he can play a, a guitar, too. Oh, can he ever? I mean, he can just play some mean licks on that uh, can he on that ever. guitar. We know that for a fact. Sorry, Sorry y'all. Bob, I'm afraid to show I'm sorry. Ah, uh, no, that's it's enough to get you up in the morning. So you're welcome. Shouldn't be apologizing. You you should be saying you're welcome. Yeah, okay. And get you right out of bed. <laughs> the guitar stylings of Beto O'Rourke, the Hispanic Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> we got to start seeing his name. Uh, we got to start calling him. We got to say it with your Irish accent, you know, Robert, Robert O'Rourke. Yeah, I don't really have an Irish accent. So. You can do that. No, I really You're can. better than Obama's. Tell you Not that. much. Not that much. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We also have uh, some news about the caravan. Now the caravan is on its way. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez is speaking out about it. Um, she said it's it's not a crime to uh, to apply for for uh, refugee status. And uh, she had some other interesting things to say. Uh, members of the caravan, of course, are rushing the, the border at uh, the San Ysidro, San Ysidro port of entry, which uh, connects Tijuana and Mexico to San Diego, California. 
and hundreds are storming the the border. Um, and while applying for refugee status may not be a crime, and it isn't, uh, breaking into our country illegally is. And then creating more crimes while you're here, like, I don't know, tax evasion or identity theft and fraud, those are crimes. So, yeah, plenty of crimes happen uh, in the in the scope of illegal immigration. But uh, she said asking asking to be considered a refugee and applying for status isn't a crime. Most of them aren't applying for status. They're not. Most of them are here for economic reasons. They're not they're not here because they flee. They're they're afraid for their lives. Um, But she said it's it's not a crime. It wasn't for Jewish families fleeing Germany. Here we go. It wasn't for targeted families fleeing Rwanda. It wasn't for communities fleeing war-torn Syria. And it isn't for those fleeing violence in Central America. So you're, you're actually going to compare what's happening here at the border to the Holocaust, to fleeing uh, for Ju- Jews fleeing Germans in the Holocaust? Come on. And didn't Mexico offer them asylum? Yes. So Yes, what, they did. Is that not good enough? I mean, it's better than Central America, is it not? I I guess it's just not don't know. good enough. It's just not America. Mm-hmm. And they all believe that they have some sort of right to enter our country. And they they don't. I love how this is still being portrayed by uh these media people. Uh, as families coming here, seeking refuge from violence in war-torn regions. And they're showing this mother who was photographed running with her daughters from tear gas at the U.S. border. She never expected the U.S. Border Patrol to fire gas canisters, canisters at, uh, at children and families. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. look... Look at all the children. <laughs> I love the twelve-year-old boy children. I love the twelve-year-old boy Honduran children. Uh, but also, for those people who do have children, most of them, by the way, are not children at the border. Are not children. Hmm. Most of them are not families at the border. They're mostly men. At the border. Says who? Well. I mean, seriously, who is saying that? You? Me. Mr. Right-wing crazy man who wants Mm -hmm. to make the caravan look like there's something that they're not? Yeah, and, you know, of course, the (sighs) right-wing correspondent, basically Nazi at uh, MSNBC. Wait, what? You know, with his conservative agenda down there at the border mingling with the men wait what at the border uh this is fascinating because the anchor is trying desperately to get the uh reporter who is there at the border she's back in the studio in new york or wherever and uh, she's desperately trying to get him to sign into her agenda that oh these are just families right these are just families and they're they're making it out like they're all hoods hoodlums Mm -hmm. And criminals, stone cold. She uses the word stone cold. Yeah. Uh, criminals, a phrase, stone cold <laughs> criminals. I, I, nobody's called them all stone cold criminals. I don't think anybody's used the phrase stone cold. And 
Many of them are criminals, according to Homeland Security. But nobody has said they're all criminals. Anyway, watch this report where she tries to get him on board with her agenda, and it doesn't really work out to her advantage there. Okay, Gabby, just stay on this for a moment, because some people look at these images and they listen to the president who says it's not women and children, it's stone-cold criminals. So my first question is, you're in that Mm -hmm. tent camp. Mm -hmm. Besides that family, give us the profile of who is there mostly and what are they looking for. Because it seems as though, to your point, they don't actually have the necessary information so they know how to cross the border. There could could be people yesterday who were running because they Uh thought it was their only chance. What? What? Right. And oh it's gosh. very difficult because this has become such a polarizing issue. If we kind of take a walk, you'll, you'll be able to see for yourself. Again, this is the inner sanctum of the shelter. Uh, so uh, you're, you're going to see a lot of families here, a lot of uh, women and children. Uh, but the, the truth is the majority of the people that are part of this caravan, mm-hmm. especially outside, if we can make our yeah. way all the way over there, the majority uh, we'll are. show you the majority of them uh-huh. are men. So uh, what? when this wait, becomes what? a polarized <laughs> political. Wait, hold on a second. Wait, wait, what? The majority of them are men. Yeah, I think I think wuh dropped out. I think he was trying to say wuh men. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this MSNBC or is this Fox News oh. infiltrating MSNBC? Is this some sure. sort of is this some sort of imposter on MSNBC? Yeah. Surely this guy's not going to let the same mistake happen again in this clip. Oh, he can't say it again. No, no, no. Right? Once because is enough. The the channel would go dark if he says go it dark. again. Yeah, pull the plug. All right, let's see what else he has to say. Cause... Make our way all the way over there. Yeah. Uh, we'll show you. The majority of them are men. So Wait, what? Uh, when this becomes a polarized <laughs> political... Hold on, okay, that was the, the United one. States, you have people go. on one side uh, that point and say uh, there are women and children here, and that is true. And then there are others who point and say uh, mm-hmm. these are, are men that, that are trying to cross the border, and that's true, too. Um, <laughs> from what we've seen, the majority are actually men, uh, and some of these men have not articulated the that time. need for asylum. <laughs> and they haven't articulated the need for asylum. <laughs> All right, we're going back to New York. Let's cut, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Okay, <laughs> this guy. Uh, if he has a job today, that's yeah. going to be a miracle. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said it three times mm-hmm. and said they're not looking for asylum. And then as that clip continues to go, they wow. don't cut away. They let him just talk. And he, and he talks about there's a, we have a line. There's about five to six hundred men in line. Yeah, all men. <laughs> five or six hundred. Five or six hundred. Now, it's dissipated a little bit since then, he says. But there were five or six hundred men. Yeah, he didn't say people. He's in line <laughs> to get across the border. Uh, <laughs> thank you for proving our point, MSNBC. Oh, good stuff. You know, when, once you're there and you see the the reality, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to just flat out lie through your teeth. Unless you're just going to tell falsehoods uh, on national television and lie to the American people. Uh, <laughs> so the agenda-driven anchor didn't quite get what she wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, that report, that field reporter needs to go back through uh, MSNBC training school. No kidding. Because something didn't Jeez. stick. <laughs> That's amazing. That's fantastic. 888 uh, Let me ask you something. What are you doing when you put your money in a 401k or an IRA? Or, you know, even just do something as basic as putting jumper cables in your car. Uh, well, you're preparing, right? You're preparing to ensure that you have enough money for retirement. You're preparing in case your battery dies and you want to be able to 
have the ability to get out of that situation. That all makes sense. So how much more sense does it make to prepare with food? The, just something you basically need to stay alive. Uh, the best way to prepare is with My Patriot su- Supply. They make it so easy, and it's such a quality product. Right now, they're offering their lowest price of the year on two popular emergency food kits. So go to my special website, preparewithpat.com, and check them both out. These food kits include breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. You can just get started with you know a three-day supply, 72-hour kit if you want, or go for two weeks. Um, but get started and have some food just in case there's any type of emergency. It could be, you know, unemployment. It it could be just a snowstorm. Uh, something that, uh, that yeah, I mean, I know that even the threat of snow in some places wipes out all the food in grocery stores and the water. And it, you go in there and there's empty shelves. Yeah, especially in the South. So uh, preparing is, is just smart. Go to um, my special website, preparewithpat.com, and get prepared. Do it now with prepare.com. Uh, preparewithpat.com that's preparewithpat.com Pat Gray unleashed so yeah I love the I love the fact that every news outlet has featured uh, when they're showing the hundreds of people storming the border and then the canisters of tear gas get fired and people are fleeing and they all focus on this one mother and her poor children, uh, two children in diapers. Have you seen that? No. The girls are, I don't know, 17 and they're in diapers. It's, it's I, Wait, they're 17 They're literally, they're, they're five years old. Uh-huh. They're five years old and they're oh. in diapers. Um. So anyway... They they continually focus on on the mom and the little teeny children mm-hmm. in diapers fleeing from the tear gas, and they even interviewed after um, interviewed her, and she said the first thing I did was grab my children, and I was scared, and I thought I was going to die with them because of the gas. A, you don't die from tear gas, pumpkin. Mm-hmm. It's meant to disperse crowds. Uh, there might be some unpleasantness involved for a little while, but you don't die from it. Well, yeah, and plus you get those diapers that obviously aren't being used, so you could breathe right. through those. That might help. B, uh, who brought these children into the danger area? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You did. Not smart. And could we please, again, talk about a little personal responsibility on the part of these parents? What are you doing bringing children into a dangerous situation like this where the president of the United States has told you over and over and over again you're not going to be allowed into the country? You will not be allowed. Go back or stay in Mexico because they've offered you asylum. Her son, her young son, James, nearly fainted when a canister landed near him. Oh, no. Uh, One of her children, Meza fell and struggled to get up amidst the gas. A young man gave her his hand and pulled her to her feet. Well, I'm surprised there was a young man nearby. Yeah, well, huh, that's weird. There's so few of them. Where'd there. the man come from? I thought these were all women and children. 
<laughs> Wait, a man showed up? Ooh, boy. Huh. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> That's, yeah. That is fortuitous. Right One there. of the rare men in the caravan <laughs> found this poor child and helped him to his feet. That's great. <laughs> Where did this guy come from? Ooh, Out of the blue, a man all of a sudden. Might be an angel. <laughs> might have just, uh, poof, was right there. She said, uh, we never thought they were going to fire these bombs where there were children. Bombs. Because there were lots of children. Uh-huh. It wasn't right. They know we're human beings the same as them. Yeah, that, that's why they didn't shoot you. There you go. That's why they didn't shoot you. That's why they used a non-lethal form to protect our country from people who have not come here the right way. And people who are told every step of the way, you're not going to get in. Don't come here. You're not going to get in. I just... I Personal responsibility. Don't bring your children into this situation. What does it matter with you? It's unbelievable. Then we got people in our own country, like um, Rihanna who have accused the United States of terrorism. There we go. Yeah, it's great. Terrorism, because they fired tear gas at, at these people. She posted a screenshot of a tweet describing the use of tear gas on Instagram, captioning it with the word terrorism. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Uh, she's previously used her social media presence to support left-wing values. She actually endorsed uh, Andrew Gillum in the Florida gubernatorial race. That's great. If you're tired of feeling like you don't matter in the political process, know the most important thing you can do in supporting a candidate is finding someone who will take on critical issues, such as making minimum wage a livable wage, paying teachers what they're worth, ensuring criminal justice reform, making health care a right, and repealing stand your ground. Okay. That's what we need is... Another one of these morons spouting off like this. That's that's great. And this is uh, Brianna? Rihanna. Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Oh, the singer lady. Yeah. Oh, my singer. Okay. Pop singer. Hmm. Okay, so for every Hollywood idiot, every pop singing moron who spews this bull crap, every one of them should have to take a minimum of 10 of these migrants into their homes to live there permanently. They got room. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Yes, they do. Uh, Sight unseen. Not knowing a single freaking thing about the Hondurans moving in. Just put them on a plane, get them in a cab, and get them to Rihanna's multi-million dollar 11,000 square foot home in Pacific Palisades, California. Mm -hmm. That includes, it's got seven bedrooms, plenty of room. Nine bathrooms, a pool, a spa. They'll have a great time with these migrants. You have plenty of room, Puddin. You should probably take more like 20, but we'll just stop at 10 to start. See how you do with them. That's fair, (laughs) right? If you're you're so horrified about trying to keep them out of the country, let's let them in and send them directly to your house where you can house them. Why not? That's exactly what you're doing to the country. You're just, you're demanding that people, we don't know who they are. We don't know why they're here. We don't know their background. We don't know anything about them. Just let them in, into our home. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So yes, 
put your commitment where your mouth is and take on a bunch of these migrants right into your home without knowing a single thing about them. Let's see what happens. Be great. That should be mandatory. <sighs> just I can't take it anymore. I just can't take these people. So you think uh, start with 10? Yeah, start with 10. Why not? To, why don't you start at I mean, she's got seven bedrooms. Let's say 14 because you could put two to a bedroom. All right, yeah. Let's say yeah, okay. get some bunk beds in there. And uh, we'll do two to a bedroom. She's, she gets to have 14 to start. Nine bathrooms in this house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One and a half uh, people per bathroom. That's a, that's a sweet deal. Right yeah, it there. is. It is. It's actually pretty generous on my part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> it should be 100. We should put 100 of them in there. It's 11,000 square feet. Wow. That's a big house. It's a big house. Hmm. Yes. In a nice area. Pacific Palisades, very nice area. Um, so... Yeah, she's uh, she's all about the little people and the downtrodden. You know she is. The unbelievable irony of Mexicans uh, right now who want their law obeyed. (laughs) I mean, uh, hundreds of angry residents took to the streets again in downtown Tijuana to protest the caravan of the Central Americans. Carrying Mexican flags, singing the Mexican national anthem. Gosh, that's not very hospitable. Huh. Demonstrators marched to a sports complex where about 2,000 of the migrants are being housed. They were held back by a wall of police, but they denounced the Hondurans as criminals and freeloaders who were openly flouting Mexican law. Luis Alexis Mendoza shouted, This is an invasion! What? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Hate speech. Whoa. You can't be using that word. Wow. Mm-mm. This is an invasion. We demand respect. We demand that our laws be followed. What a xenophobe. Who is this guy? <laughs> this is a citizen? Alexis Mendoza. He should put this hater in prison. You need to send the authorities yeah. after this guy <laughs> wanting the law Back at up. least start watching him right. every, okay. Definitely every step of the this. way. At least he's being monitored, right? Because he's wow. a hothead, hate monger. <laughs> right. Mongering and hate and xenophobia. Mm-hmm. And other phobias, too. Like phob- Central American phobia. Mm-hmm. Hondurophobia. Hondurophobia. I Man. think that's a thing. I think it is. And he has it. He's he, got Hondurophobia. He's just... Why the hate, Luis? seeping out of him. Jeez, this is an invasion. What? These are just wonderful people who have come to, I don't know, have a better life. They're fleeing violence in their own country. That's all? (laughs) This is amazing to see. When the shoe's on the other foot, they don't really like it, do they? Mm -mm. They don't really like it. Gosh, you you mean you want your laws obeyed? You want respect for your nation? Crazy talk. Wow. That is something else. Nothing but hate. Tijuana Mayor Juan Manuel Gastelum said, Tijuana is a city of immigrants, but we don't want them in this way. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It was different with the Haitians. He said they carried papers. They were in order. It wasn't a horde. Pardon the expression. (laughs) No, I won't. No. You hate monger, mongering and hate. Yeah. 
How about that? People want uh, some rules followed, some laws followed. You haters want, them to have want papers. that. Yeah, haters want that. Exactly right. You know, lovers, the the wonderful, peaceful people like Rihanna, um, they just want them to flow into the country and then uh, come stay with them. <laughs> I would love that to happen. Oh, my gosh. Just, we're oh at the my. gate. I want these illegals showing up at the gates of Hollywood <laughs> homes. <laughs> A whole busload of them talking whole through the busload. talking through the intercom. There's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of them waiting on the bus, and this We're one guy here. gets out. It's like We're a- here. <laughs> you have You're, you have place to stay. <laughs> You're expecting us, right, Miss Diamond Singer? You you were waiting for us. I want this. Yeah, it's got to happen. I will fund that. I, bus I would trip. love to know. I would love to know uh, how we can make that happen, and and you know, still sort of ab- adhere to the Constitution. Well, the answer is you can't, but maybe we change the Constitution. We have just a little amendment for this. Oh, man. Tell you what, once you get through, Mm -hmm. once you get through that little opening, we'll just have them load on the bus, and then we'll drive them. 888 All right, uh, let me tell you how to get through the holidays and all the food and all the goodies, all the snacks, everything you're going to be eating. It's Riduzone. You just take some Riduzone before you eat, and it helps reduce your appetite. And then it also kicks your metabolism into gear. So that you can burn fat uh, quicker. Riduzone uh, has taken the OEA molecule out of olive oil. And that's what's been shown to boost metabolism and reduce appetite. So for about about 39 a day, Riduzone can help you get through this period of the year without gaining a bunch of weight. Time to make it happen. Let Riduzone help you get through the holidays. Riduzone.com. Promo code PAT to get 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com. Promo code PAT. Gray Unleashed. That's me. <laughs> That's weird. That worked out. Yeah, it did, didn't it? How'd they know I was going to be here today? That's weird. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and of course at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, later on, about an hour, we have uh, Merrill Hodge, former NFL running back, and he has uh, teamed up with Doctor Peter Cummings to look into this what they call bad science behind CTE. Uh, I'm interested to hear this because. We're all you hear about is CTE and how it's it's killing these guys, and they make it sound as though every football player in the NFL, in college, in high school, they're all going to have this. Uh, so anyway, we'll get into that in about an hour with him. Yeah, a lot of good stuff in that. Uh, from Steve Badersky tweets: Will Pat eat his underwear if Beto becomes our next president? Nope. Ugh. Nope. Uh, Pat's done with the underwear uh, eating. Yeah, wait, the day I, although you... I did. What was it? What was it I did? Oh, I did that Glenn. on. What did you yeah, say? Yeah, dang it. What was it? Uh, oh, oh, if um, if uh, Steyer, right? Oh, becomes, if Tom Steyer, Tom Steyer wins the, the Democrat nomination. nomination, I would eat my underwear. That's okay. the only one. No, I, I, as it relates to Beto, no way. So if the wall is no. built, if the wall no is built, and, <clears throat> or if Tom Steyer. So you have two. Yeah, I there. do still have two yeah, hanging two out there. Two underwear bets <laughs> lingering again. got to stop. Why do I stop, man? Why do I keep doing that? I don't know. Uh, struggling Lumbee he uh, tweets, <laughs> Bobby's guitar. How can you call Beto Bobby? Uh, that is just disrespectful to Hispanic people. 
Okay. You know, that's uh, he worked hard to get that Hispanic nickname. Did he know? You know? He yeah. did. Okay. It's not easy for an Irishman to get a Hispanic nickname. It is if you just insist <laughs> people call you that. Bobby's guitar is one hell of an alarm clock. I think that's the earliest I've heard it yet. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And you're welcome. Uh, small mouth bass, Kurt. Wow. Thank you. Two in a row. Yes. Thank you. I'm here all week. Try the veal. I suspect that Beto plus election fraud would equal a very close race indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suspect so too. Yeah. Uh, and this from uh, Britain Ledbetter. Hey, Pat, if you think BYU needs a new ball coach, I hear Bobby is available. Uh, Bobby uh, Petrino. Oh, look there at he that. is. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Wait, let me see this real quick. Oh, that's great. Petrino is. Okay. Petrino is indeed uh-huh. uh, available. Oh, he was, he's available. He was fired after that big loss to somebody. I forget who they lost to, but that that was Syracuse. the yeah, it was Syracuse, <laughs> and it was the final straw. Poor guy. That that will always Bye-bye. be my favorite memory. We just got a new couch, and that was the first game I got to watch in that couch, and that was with Bobby Petrino, the former Falcons guy who left in the middle of the season and you're not bitter fun. right oh you're i'm not bitter. totally and completely absolutely mm-hmm. bitter yeah you jerk mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well bobby's bobby doesn't fit the uh parameters of a byu football coach anymore. no 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 he do doesn't. they have do they have standards <laughs> yeah, yeah they do they do and one of them uh, you have to be uh-huh. you have to be an active mormon oh really yeah you do oh okay so <laughs> card carrying kind of mormon oh, wow and uh so he doesn't quite fit the profile so, Mm-mm. plus, BYU is not going to fire uh, Kalani Sataki, despite the fact that I really believe they should. I mean, he's a fantastic guy, I'm sure. I've never actually met him, but from everything I've heard, he's a great guy. I like him, What generally, what, I, what I've seen of him. I just, I mean, you can't do this uh, two seasons in a row. And with the play calling, with the decisions that have been made, and then still continue in that role. But he will. Um, let's see. From Hangry Keith. No, okay. That's, thank you. That is me. That yes, is I know that is you. Printed up. Uh, you printed up. So this is the over under already? Yeah, yeah. So what I did is uh, I made this little chart, tweeted out this morning uh, at Hangry Keith. And there's there it is. It shows our over under picks that uh, mm-hmm. you, myself, Jeffy, and Stu made when the NFL season began. And as you can see, uh, thus so far. So each of us have uh, one wrong already. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm the only one who doesn't have any right. No, uh, Jeffy doesn't. Jeffy doesn't have any yeah. right either. So basically, you have one wrong, four to go. I have one right, one wrong, three to go. Jeffy has one wrong, four. Doesn't to look go. for the good for the Cardinals yeah. either. I, I don't. One and one. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to get there. Stu had too much faith in the Falcons. That'll learn you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll keep uh, updating that. Just um, keep an eye out there as we progress. Five games left. So yeah, the Packers are already not going to get over ten wins. No, obviously Mm-mm. at four, six, and one, that's not going to work. That's okay. That looks a lot better than my uh, three and eight Jaguars that I said would be over nine wins. Oh man. Burr. Yeah, the Jags been massive disappointment. Burr. They just benched Blake Bortles, by the way. Cody Kessler, now right. the starter for the Jaguars. Jeez. Yeah, there's your fix right there. Cody yeah. Kessler. That's and Good job paying tons of money to uh, Blake Bortles. That worked mm-hmm. out nicely. Mm-hmm. Even other teams were telling them, hey, yeah. this guy sucks. <laughs> and they're like, no, way, we're in the playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs? Don't talk to me about playoffs. Um, we can win a game. 
This is kind of fun, too. Uh, got an image from a Starbucks somebody sent in. Yeah, Joshua Duncan at Slosh. He sent this over to me. <laughs> we, we suggested that the yeah. homeless people move into Starbucks. Yeah. That's apparently happened. Apparently they have. Uh, they're taking up residence <laughs> now and uh, sleeping <laughs> in Starbucks now. You see the guy in the back on the bench uh, laying down in his uh, coat and he's curled a, up nicely sleeping at Starbucks. He's getting a nap. Good he's, for him. These two young ladies are trying to have like a normal like coffee meeting there and uh-huh. like, there's this guy just sleeping right behind them. That's fantastic. I love it. Congratulations, Starbucks. Good luck. This is what you, you know, you're reaping what you sowed. Mm-hmm. So good. Good. 888 uh, and as we just pointed out at Pat Unleashed on Twitter as well. Over the weekend, uh, we didn't mention yesterday, but uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet had quite a weekend. It's been out now just for the extended holiday weekend, and it made $84.7 million in its first weekend. Wow. Pretty decent. He broke the box office. Yeah. See what I did there? I see what you did. Thanks. Creed Tooth brought in uh, $35, well, $56 million altogether. Hmm. Wow, fifty-six million for the extended weekend. I gotta see. That's a good one. start. Doctor Seuss's The Grinch, which I'm a little leery of, but it's been out for three weeks. It's already up to one hundred and eighty point four million. Mm. One hundred and eighty million already. So that's that. I, that's already more than doubled its budget. Uh, the Fantastic Beasts mo- movie, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. You're not into that series, are you? Oh, my kids absolutely love. Oh, yeah, I have to watch that stuff. Uh, let's see. That made uh, $29.3 million for the weekend, and it's it's only at $116 million, but that's two weeks. Uh, the problem is it costs $200 million to make. I don't know if it's going to make that back. Bohemian Rhapsody continues to plow along. $14 million this weekend, $152 million total. Jeez. Wow. That's tripled its budget. I want to see all these, man. Now, Robin Hood cost $100 million to make. And it brought in $14 million for the extended weekend. Uh, that's the biggest flop of the year so far. That does not sound good. Uh, it, is, it is not good. <laughs> the Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which uh, we went to with um, my daughter and my grandkids. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, I think they really liked it. They really liked yeah, it. Yeah, your standards change I mean, when you're uh, watching a movie with the kids. Yeah, yeah, they do. They, you know, you would never go and see these by yourself. No, but no. It's like, no, nah, it's good. It's, you know, it's fine. It's good family. But movie. this, that movie is not doing well either because it cost 120 million to make. It's been out for four weeks. It's not even to 50 million yet. Mm. It's at 49. Sheesh. So, there you go. I mean, if if you've got kids or grandkids. You know, it it's not painful to watch with them. You know, and that's all I that's all I want out of it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Just don't make it painful that's for what me. I'm saying the standards, man. They <laughs> I change. don't want it to be like, agonizing. Look, please. Am I going to be trying to gnaw my arm off for <laughs> entertainment during the movie? If not, then it's pretty good. <clears throat> then I it's mean, then it's great. It's a good yeah, flick. Yeah, that's a good day when you're not trying to gnaw your arm off. Uh-huh. Um, there's this Florida woman uh, who apparently really enjoys. Um, sexual relations. Oh, I'm sorry? Um, about a year ago, I believe it was, she beat up her boyfriend for saying no to her when she was in the mood. Oh, okay. She uh, was arrested for battery. Uh-huh. And then it just happened again. Oh, 
the same Florida woman from last year <laughs> battered her boyfriend after he said no and went back back to bed. Boy, this segment took a turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she was arrested for domestic battery uh, following a confrontation in the home she shares with the victim and the couple's child. Mm-hmm. Um, she was arrested for the second time in 14 months uh, and was busted for battering the man who didn't want to have sex with okay, her. Okay, so you know the... the- follow-up on this. Give me some details. What's her name? Her name is uh, Rebecca Lynn Phelps. Okay. We'll just take a look here. 31 years old. Mm -hmm. And so she apparently went into the bedroom uh, on on Thanksgiving. Oh, God, no. Why is he still there? Why did he ever move in the first place? I was going to say. Are you you casting aspersions at this young lady? I'm doing just that. Yeah. Wow, that is horrible of you. Mm-hmm. Horrible. She actually went into uh, the bedroom and started tapping on his leg, like, okay, let's go. And he woke up and said, no, and rolled over and went back to sleep. Uh, so she started beating on him. <laughs> now, see, there's the sexism, because if this was the other way around, you wouldn't laugh about it. What do you mean? You oh, wouldn't laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if he hit her, absolutely yeah, not. you would not laugh. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm laughing because I can't believe the guy was still there. I know. I mean, this happened 14 months ago, the same couple? Yeah, I I think it was a different guy the first, oh, 14 well, months you ago. You better believe it's I a different guy. I think it was a different guy. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it'll be a different guy next time after all of this. Because mm-hmm. you can't be happy about that, right? I mean, I wouldn't be. if, uh, And it's just not likely to happen in my house. <laughs> Sadly, there's a kid in this home too. I and know it's... that does. Yeah, that adds another little element to the whole thing. Man, so uh, unfortunately, hmm. uh, our you know our best wishes are with this precious couple though in Florida. Good precious. luck, you two wacky lovebirds. Precious. <laughs> tap 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 <laughs> tap tap tap. No, thank you. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> really sleepy right now. I tell no, you, it was a long thanks. night at the office. I'm. <laughs> I'm all set for the next forever. Oh, man. 888-900-3393 and at Pat Unleashed. Uh, Some really cool news, though. Uh Uh-oh. Which I just dropped on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've got some really cool news that we're going to get to here in uh, just a second. First, let me tell you about Home Title Lock. This is something you might not even heard about until very recently. I didn't even know about this until, what, maybe two months ago when they started advertising with us. But when I heard about it, I knew I needed to have it because there's no way I want to take any kind of chance that somebody can find my title online and uh, steal it, transfer it over to a document that they now own and forge the signature and then take that to a separate bank and take out a huge loan against my house. And then I get stuck with the with the payments. I mean, that would that could bankrupt you. That could crush you financially. And something you might not get out from under for the rest of your life. There's no need to take a chance on that. Um, So if you own a home, if you own any rentals or you have elderly parents who aren't aware of this stuff, then maybe you might want to get them home title lock. For pennies a day, home title lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant that there's any sinister activity, they're on to help shut it down. Now, you, your title, your home's title could already be compromised. You can find out just by signing up at HomeTitleLock.com. Get a free title scan and report, which is a $100 value for free 
Visit HomeTitleLock.com. Get some peace of mind on this. HomeTitleLock.com. Um, a grandma accidentally invited a random teen to her Thanksgiving dinner instead of her grandson. I love this story. And uh, he showed up, and uh, they've been having Thanksgiving together ever since. <laughs> For several years now. Yeah, it's th- this so is the fun. third year running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. When Wanda Dench accidentally texted Jamal Hinton, a complete stranger, she was obviously trying to get her grandson, mm-hmm. and invited him to Thanksgiving dinner, he was uh, thinking he was her grandson. She couldn't have predicted they would strike up a friendship that would last for years. So on that Thanksgiving a couple years ago, Hinton tweeted a photo of himself and Dench, who's 61, he was 19, uh, they spent the day together for the third year in a row. <laughs> Alongside the caption, 2016, 2017, 2018. Aww. Ah, it's precious. It is. That's really kind of fun. Yeah. Because, you know, one element of the story, it looks like, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be stereotypical on looks here, <laughs> but she appears to be white and he appears to be African-American. Now, how are you getting that? Well, um, I'm just looking pictures. at them. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's photos, and so <laughs> I'm looking so at them. It's so fun. I love this, man. If there's ever fun. a story, like a feel-good story, It is look, a feel-good story, yeah. We can get along. Right. <sighs> yep. Um, so, so Thanksgiving I, dinner is at my house on November 24th at uh-huh. 3 p.m. <laughs> Let me know if you're coming. Hope to see you all. Of course, that includes Amanda and Justin. <laughs> Unknown to her, she'd mistakenly mes- m- uh, messaged Hinton back in 2016. Uh, he responded, who is this? Because, <laughs> you know, your, her name wouldn't be on it since she doesn't, he doesn't know her. And she replied, your grandma. <laughs> hey, my grandma. <laughs> Hinton then asked Dench to send him a photo proving her identity. Yeah, prove it. Uh, and replied with a selfie captioned, you not my grandma. <laughs> Where your grandma say? <laughs> not over here. Uh, can't I still get a plate though? <laughs> That's, That's awesome. funny. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, it would have been great if you would have replied. Where your grandma stay? Uh, and she said anyway because he he asked, could I could I get, still get a plate though? She said, of course you can. That's what grandmas do. We feed everyone. That's really cool. Dench was true to her word. And she told him, okay, you can come, but bring a pumpkin pie to dinner. Awesome. Now, you don't know this kid. You don't know this guy at all. Mm-hmm. I would think it's a little risky, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no matter what race they are, you yeah. just you don't know for sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he came. He added, he hoped the meal would show people we can all get along. Look at that. And so he came over. They hit it off. They've been doing it ever since. That's cool. Their meeting apparently has ruffled a few feathers, oh, though, no. too. What happened? Hinton joked to CNN last year. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother, so his actual grandmother, is a little bit jealous. She likes it, too. She likes seeing me on TV. Uh, Danch, grandma, said, that's probably true, but Jamal is so awesome. Uh, that's really cool. That is awesome. But it is interesting that she, he's he's going to somebody else's house instead of his own family's for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Gaining a new grandma. I thought maybe I'd gain one getting married, but as a friend, it's great. The pair even met up for dinner every few months. But next year, the Thanksgiving dinner might change. Maybe I can invite you if we get our own place, oh, he told her. So cool. we'll see. 
That's a that's a fun story. And here's another really awesome uh, holiday season Christmas story. Uh, in Derby, Vermont, there were a lot of surprised Walmart customers when they found out that a secret Santa walked into the store and picked up the whole tab for every single holiday gift that was on layaway. Oh, right. Now, I don't know how many people still use layaway, but I would imagine it's yeah. quite a few at Walmart, right? Yeah. Um, but the guy walked in and he said, hey, I want to uh, I'm pay, pay off everybody's layaway. <laughs> and there was a woman standing in line and she's like, wait, what? No, they, that can't be real. Who can afford to do that? And the guy said, Santa can. And he walked out. I, I would wow. love to know. It That's doesn't cool. say. Walmart wouldn't uh, disclose how much it was. Um, oh, well, yeah, I think they did. Last year, a secret Santa paid off 46000 uh, to Walmart in Pennsylvania, 49000 in Jersey. So I guess now this Walmart in, in Vermont didn't disclose it, but it's probably around this. Yeah. It's probably like this at every Walmart because in Jersey it was $50,000 in layaway items. Uh, that's a pretty good sum. Yeah. Uh, you're going to save a lot of people a lot of money doing that. That's really cool. I wish I was in line in front of him. Now, my son-in-law, who is a, uh, I would call him pretty close to a bleeding heart liberal, Said, uh, yeah, too bad he didn't, like, give that money to children in Africa for food. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Wait, he did say that? All right. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So, I mean, you're going to look the gift horse in the mouth? I mean, he did a really cool thing. How was Thanksgiving at your house, Pat? Uh, like like usual, uh, Keith. Yeah, like usual. Oh, you mean great? <clears throat> Let me just put it that way. Awesome. awesome. Fun. Awesome. Yes. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. It's great. It's great. <laughs> All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed and Merrill Hodge uh, coming up next hour. Pat Gray Unleashed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, where uh, we find promiscuous fish. Tweeting, so if the Hollywood people's security doesn't allow the migrants inside the walled-in property, does that make them haters, too? Oh, you know it does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That would be completely insensitive and wrong and hateful. And xenophobic. Yeah, definitely xenophobic. <clears throat> uh, Millennial Falcon, I'm highly disappointed that I haven't seen any Moo's by Jeffy swag at the Blaze Swag Shop yet. <laughs> I mean... We need some Moo's by Jeffy. I don't know that we have the, the shelf space. <laughs> For the size that those would be. Uh, Tyler from Misery tweets, I hit a deer on my way to work, and when I think my day can't get any worse, you run Beto O'Rourke's amazing guitar playing. Come on, Pat. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh Happy to help in uh, whatever way I possibly can. Uh and I, I love the fact that some of the reporters yesterday were trying to help out the president of the United States with his facts. Um, there was a uh, reporter who just stood there and argued with him on uh, on on the policy that he has. Uh, do we have that? Yeah. I'm not seeing so. that here. Not- and your policy at the border was the same as the Obama administration's. 
It wasn't. You decided to Say prosecute. Say it again, people. what? In response to last night's 60 Yeah, so report. I'll tell you what. Uh, Obama had a separation policy. We all had the mm -hmm. same policy. You did not have I tried to do no, it differently. Not. But Obama had a separation policy, but people don't like to talk about sure, that. it was different. You decided to prosecute everyone at the border. Shut up. Yeah, shut up. If I was Trump, that's what I would have said. Yeah, shut up. You don't even know what you're talking about. Shut up. They're no longer Doing reporters. Great. They're advocates. Yeah, absolutely. They've got an agenda. They have an ideology, and they're pushing it. You don't mind if they're just asking legitimate questions, but when they're debating, I'm sorry, is that your job as a reporter to debate the president of the United States? No. Absolutely not. It is not. Fox News apparently had a reporter who uh, who fact-checked the separation policy. Is that the same one that we just ran? Or uh, is this is this a that's separate issue? One. Yeah, that's that's not a Fox. I don't believe that was a Fox News mm. reporter fact-checking him. No. Was it? That can't be I don't know. Fox. My show sheet's over there now. <laughs> it is? That was so just got, we got, I've got everybody's show sheet? Show yeah. sheet? Okay. I gave them the other one that uh -huh. we doodled on earlier. So that is so, uh, that, that's where we got the footage, just so you know. It's unbelievable. I mean, uh, it, it's just unbelievable the way uh, that they have just completely abandoned being journalists. That was not journalism. You, that is somebody with an agenda, somebody with bias, somebody with a point of view, and they're going uh, right directly at the president of the United States. If you want to hold his feet to the fire, fire that's that's great, but you don't sit there and screech at him and tell him he's wrong and that's not true. Especially when you don't know what you're talking about. Agonizing. Something else from Fox News. Uh, Shepard Smith, which I I don't know why Shepard Smith's on Fox News. What happened there? What? This one hurts. It does. Gosh, I mean, I know it he does. Was He's he's okay. Go ahead. Whatever. I mean, he's just unabashedly liberal. I can't take it. And he's unabashedly angry, and he clearly doesn't like Trump. And that you know that's fine, whatever. But he also sort of uh, debates Trump via his television program on Fox, which Fox's audience doesn't want that. They don't want that from you, Shep. <laughs> but here he is talking about. Man-made climate change, uh, because he's such an expert on that. Just the facts from Shepard Smith. Right, just facts. Heat waves are getting stronger. Oh. Floods are growing larger. Mm -hmm. Wildfires are obliterating more of America's landscape. No. It's because of climate change that's largely mad-made. Our <laughs> burning of fossil what? fuels is damaging planet mm. Earth, and the time to stop it is running out. Good God! By the end of the century... Climate change could shrink the U.S. economy uh -huh. by hundreds of billions of dollars. That is the warning in a new report released on Friday ahead of schedule by the Trump uh, administration. It's not really the Trump. These are not Trump people. They're just bureaucrats who are vomiting out another climate change report. It's the same old crap from the same scientists we've been hearing from during the Barack Obama years. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Uh, but he had more. Uh, I'm talking about Republicans. The climate science is accepted science. Governments <laughs> accepted. across the nation are spending billions of dollars preparing for what is to come. 
the U.S. military, mm. too. Billions of dollars. This is not a political issue. Yes, it's it science. Is. No. But some have made it political, especially Republicans. And as a result, wow. a lot of folks have missed <laughs> wow. this report. It was dropped, as I said, ahead of schedule on Black, Black Friday. When a lot of Americans were busy shopping, eating Thanksgiving le- leftovers, and spending time with the family. But it's extremely important. No, it really isn't, Shep. I mean, to make these declarative statements that are so definitive, it absolutely is because of climate change. It absolutely is because of man-made, man-made climate change. It is because of fossil fuels. You, there are... Thousands. There are tens of thousands of scientists who dispute that. And you can say it's settled science all you want. It isn't. It isn't. Not when you've got 38,000 scientists saying, no, I'm not on board with that. I'm not on board with it. Yeah, and last week we had our first uh, snow person <coughs> of the season. Yeah. Which, uh, right. <laughs> I enjoyed that tweet. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> And it's so amazing because uh, everything they have said has turned out not to be true. They, they told us there was going to be no snow. You know, you would have to remind your children what snow was by now. Um, and they, they went through that over and over and over again in the early 2000s. Well, what do you say now? They said hurricanes were going to be more frequent and more powerful. Back in 2005, then we went on a drought of hurricanes where they just didn't happen some years at all. And until last year, we hadn't had a major hurricane in 12 years. Not one. Now, we've had a few lately, but we had a 12-year pause when we were told in an inconvenient truth they were going to be more frequent and more powerful. So you're wrong about that. We were told that Tornadoes were going to increase. They haven't. We were told the droughts and floods were all going to increase. Now, it seems like they, they have because we hear about it all the time. They haven't. They haven't. It's the same as it has been. Is the world warmer by 0.9 degrees than it was 100 years ago? I don't know. I guess. So What? That doesn't mean anything, except that we have that cycle, and we it, it, the climate just does change. We go through these periods where the sun uh, burns a little bit hotter. Sometimes there's more sunspots, and then sometimes we're, we're going into a lack of sunspots right now. And some scientists have said, we're going to go into global cooling. Yeah, we just had the story cooling. yesterday that the way to solve this, they're saying, is to block the heat from the sun not right they're not saying it's from us they're saying wait well, if we could just block mm-hmm. the heat from the sun it'll take care of it right please don't mess with the please yeah don't, don't, don't mess with our sun yeah please, it's not he's spraying plan. things into our atmosphere <laughs> oh, to try to on. dim the sun that doesn't sound like a good plan to me uh, <clears throat> that's not a good plan just a few years ago they were talking about spreading out uh soot and ash yeah. in the arctic region to reflect heat back and or to trap heat so that the ice would melt because we were worried about global cooling yeah and now we wanted it now we're worried about global warming and it's the same people saying the same thing is causing the opposite of what they were talking about then if we Uh. actually block the sun right with these chemicals they're talking about Mm -hmm. that, that that almost sounds like um 
the opening sequence, a narration of an apocalyptic uh, movie or something like, it all started when we blocked out the sun, you know, when we tried to stop global warming and then all the crops and animals died. Oh, yeah. Please don't do this. Please. (laughs) Uh, They're going to do something stupid. They just they just are. They're they're insisting on it. They just must do something stupid because you got the Al Gore's of the world claiming we are seeing every night on the television news now a nature hike through the Book of Revelation. Uh, These climate related extreme weather events uh, have convinced the vast majority of people that the scientists have been right for a long time. We have to address this. But putting someone in Mm -hmm. the EPA who denies even the most the, the basic, basic scientific, scientific truth, about, truth this. about this. You know, it's, it, yeah, it's the old cliches are you could say the earth is flat, but it doesn't mean you're going to fall off the edge. <laughs> you know, a cat could give birth to kittens in an oven. That don't make them biscuits. Don't make them biscuits. It just don't. It don't make them biscuits. Also, uh, what about the, uh, you know, the... Goat silkworms and Jeans stuff. Jeans. From orb-weaving spiders. Right. Yes. And right. splice and them into the goats. Goats. And then the goats, goats secrete spider silk with their milk through their udders. <laughs> I love that. Ugh. I don't even know. I don't think that's even global warming related. It's just fun. <laughs> spider goat <laughs> milk? What are we I doing? Almond milk's bad enough. So weird. Then, of course, you know, you're seeing people uh, and fish coexisting in the streets. Hey, I went down to Miami and saw uh, fish from the ocean swimming in the streets oh, on no. a sunny day. The same thing was true in Honolulu just two days ago, just from high tides because of the tides. sea level rise sea now. Level rise. We are going yeah. to suffer going. some of these consequences, but we can limit and avoid the most catastrophic consequences yeah, if we accelerate we the pace of change that's now beginning. Right. Now, it used to be we had plenty of time because this wasn't going to happen until 2100. And then it was like 30 years from now. And then it was, oh, my gosh, it's happening right now. And they just have to continue to ramp up their rhetoric over and over and over and get all the scientists on board to do the same thing because now this is big money. They're continually saying that uh, climate deniers deny this stuff because of money from ExxonMobil. It's just asinine. Who's being paid by X? Have you gotten a dollar from ExxonMobil? Uh, I've never received. I paid ExxonMobil a lot of money uh, at gas stations, but I've never received a cent from ExxonMobil. Not one. I've got good news, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if things are really this dire, we successfully landed on Mars yesterday. Oh, that's right. And so we're going to drill right. down and see how warm the the temperature of Mars is internally. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, NASA was pretty psyched yesterday mm-hmm. because uh, they sent this probe out seven months ago and uh, so this wasn't a 20-year journey it was a seven-month journey yeah, six months or so yeah yeah but do you think when they drill down though is it going to be as warm as the earth's core temperature is well uh, i doubt that it. as we've recently learned um from I the same it. oracle known as al gore because i mean if you remember correctly it was really warm just just below the surface uh, the Earth is <laughs> incredibly hot. Mm-hmm. Several two kilometers well, or so down. Yeah. in most places there are these incredibly hot rocks because the interior of the Earth is extremely hot, hot. Several million degrees, and several the- million degrees. That's one. That's <laughs> several million degrees. Two two kilometers down. <laughs> two kilometers. That's less than one and a quarter miles down. It's it's several several kilometers. Two kilometers down is several million degrees. 
That, in fact, that, is warm. That's why the pavement gets so hot. That's why yeah. you can't stand out with your bare feet. Right. I mean, if it's several million degrees, mm-hmm. just two, like a mile and a half mile under and the four, surface, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we're lucky the temperature rise has yeah. been this small. Yeah. Aren't we? Yes, we are extremely lucky. <laughs> heat, heat rises, Pat. <laughs> it does. And we've been drilling into the earth yeah. at least that deep for a long time looking for oil. Now we know why Texas is so hot, because we drill for we oil drill so for much oil. here. And the heat comes up. It's like little vents. No wonder it's several million degrees hot in Texas. No wonder. Yeah. They're not <laughs> drilling for no, uh, oil in the Northeast. Nope. I'll tell you that. They should be. It stays cold up there. They should be, because just below the surface of the Earth, the Earth is incredibly hot, several million degrees. So start drilling, uh-huh. and uh, you're going to have a much more mild uh, winter this year. <laughs> All right? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh You know, when your ears aren't clean, they can get really uncomfortable, itchy, painful, and you don't hear as well. Cotton swabs just push everything back further in your ear. But the Wax RX system is the method physicians trust the most. It was actually developed by top physicians. Doctor-developed Wax RX system uses special wax softening drops to break down earwax inside your ear. Then there's a specially engineered pump fitted with a unique tip to gently deliver the perfect amount of cleansing pressure to flush everything away. And then pH-balanced uh, conditioner that rinses and soothes your ears, making for the ultimate, most complete ear earwax removal system available. Go to usewaxrx.com and order your reusable system today. Use the offer code RADIO and you'll get free standard shipping. Usewaxrx.com. Pat Gray, Unleashed. Welcome. 888-900-3393. Somewhat interesting, um... Tom Arnold got a little visit from the Secret Service recently (laughs) because of uh, his anti-Trump tweets. And so somehow he recorded it. And uh, I don't know if that was cool with the uh, Secret Service or not, but he did it and it's uh, now available. Was this on his show maybe? I don't know. Maybe he's even played it on his show. Yeah, I don't know. This is obviously someone is uh, upstairs at his house, it looks like. Yeah, recording the encounter, the interview between the two Secret Service agents and Tom Arnold. Uh, so here is Tom Arnold as the Secret Service showed up, little knock on his door. Hey, we're just going to talk to you about your tweets uh, about Challenging the president. Challenging the president to a fight or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talk. Here's what happened. Show, and I've seen it my buddies do a show. I said, well, at least show, show the country what he's really like. And that's sort of what they, my show is about. Okay, well, so full disclosure. Anyway, full disclosure. Um, we're... We're not the First Amendment police. You're, you're free to say. No, I get. I got. Just like you, a little back. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we're. Um, you know, when we go out on these interviews, where we let people know, like, look, you're free to say whatever you want. Oh, I hear you. No boundaries. Okay. Once, once a certain line is crossed. Of that's course, of course, I respect. I completely. So, um, in, in in your type of case, what what we're concerned with a lot too is. The audience that could reach absolutely somebody. To I, I did see a, cra- a crazy reaction to it from people that there's a, you know because I get a lot of death threats. I mean, I get oh, a, shut there's up. There's a certain element. Can you I stop it for a second? Because <laughs> I, I I get a lot of death threats. Nobody even cares what you think or say or do. Shut up. Yeah, I, I get a lot of death threats. Yeah, show them to me. Let's see them because <laughs> I don't believe it <laughs> unless you typed them to yourself. 
Uh, I don't believe it. <laughs> I get a lot of death threats. Uh, yeah, because uh, people really pay a lot of attention to what I say. No, no, you don't. So he's alleging here, that I guess, because of his anti-Trump stand, people are threatening his life. Ish, not, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. But he had more to say to the CEO. People that, you know, because I get a lot of death threats. I mean, I guess there's a certain element. Is, I don't know if they're false, but I just ignore it, ignore it. You know, I, because anytime you take a position opposite those people, you know, you, you, you get, you know, I get it all the time. And so I don't, I just say, I'm going to ignore this. I ignore it. We have a certain amount of security. I ignore it. But I, I also see how they take something and they blow it up like he is literally threatening to and and i find that absurd but i can see how and i also see people are tweeting secret service needs to be like they could call you guys and have you come over i'm like that's that's ridiculous but i understand what you're doing so um because you know you see a lot of times when when we had previous um attempts on the president's life, they got motivated by somebody. You know, it's horrible. It's yeah. horrible. So, I hear so that's, it. I hear it. we're, it's yeah. kind of twofold. We're, we're, yeah. we're addressing the tweet, but we also want to make sure what you said, what, what it could be taken as. Absolutely. Okay. And then, obviously, at, at the end of this whole thing, the biggest thing is to make sure it doesn't happen again. Absolutely. So, um, those specific types of, um, of threats are just our scope. Anything else? Yeah, I understand. Okay. So, um, and as I say, like I said, you, you obviously know you're a public figure. So, as we've gone on several interviews with more like um, individuals who are public figures and started, it's not always concerned about obviously addressing anything that you may have, may have tweeted or posted on Facebook or something. But what we have to worry about, you guys have an audience, like you say, inciting those that follow you. Yeah. You know, by being a public figure, you, like I said, you may might have used it in like a kind of comedian type sense or whatever, being very comical about it. But those are there's a lot of people out there who may really follow a time mark. He said this, that was the you know, the exact thing I needed that. I need to go get this and go ahead at the next rally and, you know, carry this out. But you might have been in a total like playful jest. Yeah. So those are the type of things that we yeah. you know, when it comes to that type of that person with a public platform like you have, you know, you could, you know, want to, you know, inside a motor no, like that that That's would actually go yeah. out and do something. That's why uh, stop talking, just arrest him, take him out, take him away. Just drag him out of there, you know, by his hair. By his hair? <laughs> Don't try that with me. It's clearly a dangerous individual. Clearly dangerous. Uh, that's interesting because um, the Secret Service told him, "Look, we're not we're not here to be the First Amendment police. That's not what we do. What we do, we just have to. I mean, when there's a threat to the president's life, or a seeming threat, or what could be construed as a threat, we gotta we gotta track it down." And uh, and then Arnold babbles all about him. It's all about him. Yeah, he, well, I get a lot of threats. I I get a lot of death threats, and people are threatening my life all the time because I'm so so very very important. Well, that he knows so much. <clears throat> yeah, he I mean, does. he's proven that time and time again. I mean, the guy is seeping <laughs> with, with knowledge. Uh, yeah, I mean, the CIA has nothing on him. This guy knows it all. Remember when he was he was trying to get people to uh, to share videos that are incriminating of Donald Trump. Oh, he and then he was going to put him on his show. That's right. Because he was he was following everything Trump did. He was he was encouraging people to send him material. And so far, what have we seen from this guy? Nothing. 
I mean, Trump is apparently cleaner than even I thought he was because (laughs) Tom Arnold has been trying desperately to get dirt on him and to show, you know, incriminating video of him from his time, you know, on the reality show uh, or from his time on uh, Howard Stern, which we've seen most of that anyway already. Probably all of that, where he's talking about women and stuff. I mean, he's been able to find nothing. I wonder what his show has done. I've heard absolutely no buzz on his show at all. So, uh, people still, I think, feel the same way about Tom Tom Arnold that they did back in the 90s. They just don't want anything to do with him. (laughs) He's just sad. He's he's just a Mm -hmm. non-factor. So... But um, I, I'll bet you that he recorded that for a show. And really, there's nothing there to even get excited about. Except for the fact that Tom gets death threats all the time. And I'm sure that the Trump people are hassling him nonstop. Because we all know how much Tom Arnold matters, don't we? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's interesting that he and uh, Roseanne are apparently still friends. At least he's friendly towards Roseanne because he was kind of defending her uh, earlier and kind of wondering. I, I, I think in a nice way why she's so pro Trump and he was trying to help her down from that ledge because you know that's just crazy. It's crazy that you could possibly support Donald Trump. <laughs> Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, coming up, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, Merrill Hodge in here. Um, he's just written a book with Doctor Peter Cummings, M.D., uh, called "Brainwashed: The Bad Science Behind CTE and the Plot to Destroy Football." Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, if you've seen the movie Concussion, you know that the guy who supposedly discovered CTE is just presented as a a completely non-biased individual, and he had no agenda at all. He just wanted to save lives. So we'll find out if that's the case. Apparently, Merrill Hodge thinks there's some kind of plot to destroy football. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that next on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray. We are joined this morning by former NFL star Merrill Hodge and Dr. Peter Cummings, certified in anatomic pathology, neuropathology, and forensic pathology. You got it. Sounds pretty impressive. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, So together you guys wrote uh, a a pretty compelling book uh, called Brainwash, the Bad Science Behind CTE and the Plot to Destroy Football. So... First of all, I think a lot of us have seen the movie Concussion, and that's probably what most people in this country now base their feelings about uh, CTE on, because that was presented as if this doctor just had no agenda and he was just trying to do what's best for the players and their their well-being, and he just happened to stumble into the CTE. So is CTE a real deal, or... Has it has it been blown way out of proportion? Well, yes, it's a real deal, and has it been blown out of proportion? Absolutely, without um, 
any question whatsoever. In fact, it was probably my once I discovered how how um, the headlines were contradicting what the science papers were really saying mm-hmm. is really probably what sparked the. It was the final straw that broke the camel's back to write a book. Just when I found the massive discrepancies for what science really says versus what we see in the headlines. And I would tell you something. I went individually to a lot of neuropathologists across this country and into Canada and really sit them down individually. And I would just grill them and grill them and ask questions. But I always came down to this. Explain to me CTE. Just tell Mm -hmm. me what it is. And universally, this is exactly what all of them would say. Not just the guy to my left. From Lizzie Hazarati up in uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, Rudy Castellini, I mean, a variety of neuropathologists that are trained in the field have been doing it for decades. They'd say, Merrill, it is a pattern in an observation state. We have no idea what causes it, and we have no idea mm. what it causes. And there's almost 100 cases of CT in the world where they never played football. They never played sports. They never had a history of head trauma. We really? got them in a four-month-old uh, four and a one-year-old, and I'm like, well, time out. Why do and these we are, only hear... These are in people who have died, yes, right? Because that's right, passed how Passed on, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, and keep in mind, nobody's ever died of it. Like, you, we'll go get to the movie in a second. But when you start hearing that, and now, not just hearing it, you have them explain the paper to you, show you the papers that are written. Mm-hmm. Scientifically, there is no connection there. There is no link in there. Those words don't exist. In fact, you would see a lot of words that would say, or, par- or phrases that would say, hey, caution. You cannot use this scientific paper to give you any sense of degree of the disease anywhere in any level. Okay, It literally says that in the science paper. That's how incomplete the science is. However, the people who wrote the science paper, we'll be specific, to an Anne McKee, and this is a paper I'm referring to, then is quoted in the, uh, the media off of the science paper that I just explained to you that she wrote. Mm-hmm. Where it says, caution, you can't use this, basically, scientific information to give any sense of degree of disease at any level. Mm-hmm. Warning, caution, you can't use it. Quoting, I got to believe any every NFL player has this. How can you just say something like that <laughs> in the media yeah. when in the scientific paper you wrote, it says, caution, you cannot use this. To give any sense of the degree. That's an abuse of the Hippocratic Oath. That does harm to people. When you contradict what, some, what science is screaming. Now, you go look and talk to other people around this country and Canada. You ask them that. You sit down. Neuropathologists, too. People that have trained it. You have to be specific to that. People that have done it, cut brains, been involved in disease. That's who you need to talk to. Mm. And they are screaming. It's a pattern in an observation state. No idea what caused it, but it also. But when I heard all of the cases they have that never played football and never played sports, I was like, "How can it be that extremely um, absurd in the media? How did it get to that point?" Then, and once I found that out, I just thought it was important to put the scientific information together so you could understand it. All of the facts about where sports are and how incredibly safe they are, safer than they've ever been in the hundred years we've been playing this game. Mm-hmm. And without Dr. Cummings, it just it wouldn't be possible to have completed the book and have that information for people. And Dr. Cummings, you, um, I, I, th- I think you were set to ban football in your household, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, because of the scare of CTE? Absolutely. Yeah. I grew up 
loving football was a big part of my youth when I grew up. Um, and I, I, admittedly, I was educated by the media on this and what I saw in the headlines and the scary pictures of shrunken brains on TV mm-hmm. and magazines. And I just, you know, I just very quietly just shut the game off. I said, I don't want my son to be interested in it. I don't want, I don't want that in our life. I don't want to have to have that conversation with him. And he discovered it uh, despite my hopes. He found it in a, through a video game at a friend's house. And I remember this day very vividly. He comes home from his friend's house. The door comes flying open behind him. And he says, and he's got this look on his face. He says, Dad, have you ever heard of this thing called football? <laughs> you know, some incredible new discovery. And my, my heart sank. I was like, okay, I'm, what am I going to do about this? So like, he was a kid. I think he was like eight or eight or so at the time. He was a, a little guy. And it, I figured it was going to be a fad. It would be a couple weeks and go away. And um, it became a full-blown obsession with him. And, and he's, he's like a million, two million, three million other kids out there. The sport just really yeah. speaks to him as a person. And when he started playing football, um, his, he, he, he became more confident. His self-esteem grew. He became a better student. And I, I was just letting it go. I wasn't forcing it on him or, or driving it down his, his throat to make him play football. He wanted to play football. So I had to sit down and do some work. I had to say, okay, look, I really haven't gone through the literature. And I'm, I'm, I'm a dad. And I ask, and that's how we wrote this book. I mean, we were two dads asking the same questions that every parent in this mm-hmm. country is asking about whether or not their kids should play a contact sport. But I just happened to speak brain. So I sat down and read these papers, and when, when I actually read the science and, and what Mara was talking about, the discrepancy between what's written in the scientific paper, what conclusions you can make from the scientific paper, and what is in the media were complete polar opposites. But you can't just stop there. I then went and I looked at football, and I talked to people at USA Football and Pop Warner. I wanted to know how the game had changed. Because if there is a risk, what are you doing about it? And mm-hmm. I was amazed... I don't think there's a youth sport in this country that's made a more radical transformation in safety than youth football. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was a big part of it, too. Is it likely, though, that people like Junior Seau and um, others it, it were had their personalities changed, became incredibly depressed, uh, were uh, um, somewhat violent toward the end of their life, could not handle life anymore, and so they took their own life? Is it, is, is, is it your opinion that that was from CTE or um, is there some other cause that's driving some of these people that we hear about all the time do you want to take the science yeah, science aspect because it, that, that's really harmful when we start you know you, you, it was, you know, it's complicated and, yeah. and mental health is complicated and if you the way that we react to this if an NFL player unfortunately commits suicide or any football player commits suicide it's football Mm-hmm. But if somebody out in the general public commits suicide, it's a mental health issue. And, and right. as a forensic pathologist, I've been the unfortunate end of investigating hundreds of suicide deaths in my career. And it's a, it's a multifactorial, complicated issue that you can never point to one thing and say, that's what did it. You can't mm-hmm. open a brain on someone and say, oh, that's depression. Right. That's why they did it. So there are so many overlapping issues with symptoms that are being described as typical of people who might have CTE. They overlap with a wide range of mental illnesses and neurodegenerative diseases that are much more common in the general public than CTE might be. Mm -hmm. So to say that this little tiny single microscopic focus of a protein in a brain was the trigger factor 
is a real stretch scientifically. And we can't do that. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of interesting, Merrill, because you you retired early from the NFL as a result of concussions, right? And right. so were you on the other side of this uh, argument before because you, you testified about concussions yeah. before Congress? What brought you to this place? Well, they're two different things, actually. You know, what you're referring to and what happened to me was I had improper care. So there's protocols, treatments, and therapies. That's a category that needs to stay separate of this. And mm-hmm. people get that all confused. Oh, you sued a doctor and you went to Congress. I go, do you know why I did? Because I had improper care and I wanted to change the protocols and make sure that, guess what, every player at least has the proper return protocol before they return to play. Because keep in mind, I got cleared over the phone off of a concussion five days prior on a Monday night game where I didn't know who I was or where I was for some eight to ten hours, which that type of amnesia is significant. So to get cleared over the phone, even in 1994, was unacceptable at the Uh NFL. So I'm only thinking NFL in 1994, so we have clarity here and perspective, okay? Mm -hmm. I came from a a team that was doing cognitive testing, the first professional organization to ever do something like this, to have an extra tool – they started doing cognitive testing in the 91. Steelers. The Steelers. Joe Maroon, Dr. Love will get challenged by Chuck Noll. I mean, there's, I, I put the story in my book of what really happened. But even Dr. Lovell and Joe Maroon, two of the great minds in this world, they don't even know why they're doing it. They've just been t- challenged by Chuck Noll. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I want objective information and subjective. Find some other tool other than your opinion to help us evaluate these players. That's how cognitive testing starts in 1991. Okay, well, when I get to 94 by the Bears, I'm like, we should at least have had a neuropathologist or neurologist look at me before I return to play. That was why I took him to court. Now, when I went to Congress in 2009, I've been coaching youth football for some 20 years. Uh, My son starts playing in 2003, so I established a protocol where if you get concussed, any of my kids get concussed at practice or at a game, you're removed immediately, you don't return to play, and you don't play the next week. That was just the protocol I'd established based on what had happened to me or the failure mm-hmm. on my end. Well, in 2009, I helped launch Heads Up Football, and I start thinking, we're doing stuff in the NFL, we're doing stuff in the NCAA, but 99% of our kids are 8-18, to 18 and we're doing nothing there. So I actually went to Congress to challenge Congress in 2009. You got people like... Ann McKee and the Boston University group there, they're not pleading for, you know, protocols in 2009. Nobody's pleading for protocols in 2009 for our kids 8 to 18. That's why I went to Congress. We establish that with all sports. We mandate that throughout the country. What we do is we protect kids and make it a a safer environment immediately. That's why I went there, and that's what I've been passionate about. So you have protocols and treatments. Mm -hmm. This is a scientific pattern that you kind of re- keep going back and repeating what they're saying. It's in an observation state. They don't know what causes it. Yes, there's people in sports, which is all we talk about. But what about the cases, the, I mean, dozens and dozens of cases where sports isn't a factor. They never played it. They never had a history of head trauma. And it, they have that pattern. So what does that say? Well, in that group, you can't sure you can't blame football because why? It's not part of the lifestyle. It's not part of the fact. So if a group of people never played football, never had a history of head trauma. How can you keep blaming football and even sports in general? Mm-hmm. How do you keep doing that and singling it out without including all of these other cases that never played in that environment? And see, that's where there's a real abuse of the media. When you fail to, A, 
even do your due diligence to know that those cases exist, all of the facts with it, and share all that information? Or have you been writing about it for 10 years and you're just going to keep writing that way and everybody's wrong and you don't want to listen? You don't want to open up your mind and present all of the facts to people to let them now have make a choice with all the information versus 10% of it. Uh, we're talking to with uh, uh, former NFL running back Merrill Hodge and uh, Dr. Peter Cummings, certified in uh, all kinds of pathology. And I, I find it interesting because both of you guys uh, have – a vested interest in this with your sons playing football, right? Um, Merrill, your son is is playing D1 football at BYU. Right. And last year, if I'm not mistaken, he he went through concussion yeah. protocol, didn't he? A similar thing that happened to me. He had two concussions within three weeks. Yeah. And here's what's amazing. We take him to Pittsburgh. They evaluate the six areas of concussions. They then create a cognitive and physical rehab plan to help your brain repair, which are these are the great things that are going on in sports that we want actually parents to understand the treatments that are available, the protocols you should be watching, because it could happen as it did to Bo slipping in a shower. Okay, it wasn't even in a football arena or an athletic event. Oh wow. He slipped in the shower. Mm. Okay, so it could happen in a car accident. I mean, shoot, the Thanksgiving, we got two seven, eight year olds running around. They climb under the coffee table, one of them tries to leave too early. Bam. Hits his head on the coffee table, cuts his head open. Okay, head trauma happens in all kinds of environments. So let's mm-hmm. not ignore it. Let's realize there's protocols for it, treatments and therapies you should be excited about. Case in point, Bo's situation. They take him up there. They give him a plan. We walk out. We're in Pittsburgh. We're at UPMC where I took him to Mickey Collins. And he said, he looked at me and he's like, I go, how do you, I go, how do you feel, Bo? What do you think? And he's like, Dad, I thought they were going to tell me I couldn't play anymore. And that's what he was nervous about, that they were going to... Mm. I said, hey, but, Bo, listen, if they did tell you that, that's the other level of steps we're at today where we never did that. For 90 years, You had, first of all, you even got recognized you had a concussion. <laughs> that was a big deal. But you right. were right back out there. Okay, when did we start pulling kid, people out, giving them protocols, treatments, baselines, and they must get back to there before they return to play? Then the treatment aspect... I said, well, let's go through the treatment process. If you can't clear, here's the beautiful thing. They shut you down before you return to play and put yourself in harm's way. Mm-hmm. So you win either way. In 10 days, I remember I called Bo on the phone, and his voice was different. There was a sharpness to him mm-hmm. he hadn't had in a couple years because that concussion he'd had slipping in the shower. Mm-hmm. He had never really repair, recovered from that. He was still vulnerable from a vestibular area perspective. So they were able to identify that give him a program for it. And you know the guy who's not worried about getting a concussion? Bo. It doesn't mean he he couldn't have one again, but he knows there's treatments and therapies now, and that'll allow him to get back in play in a safe environment. So it's this has kind of made football and football, those who play the game, a little bit safer, has it not? Immensely. Uh, the, the the awareness, at least, of the concussions and the protocols that they're going through and the There's protections, no especially in college, no where doubt. you know they, they got the targeting penalties and they're trying to they're trying to take care of head to head contact and all of those things. It's it's made the game safer. No doubt. It's not just playing. You yeah. know, I tell people all the time, people act like in youth football, there's fifty two weeks in the year. Okay. They act like we play football fifty two weeks out of the year. Okay, we play eight to ten. In youth football, we practice two times a week and we play on Saturday. And in seven years of my son, of coaching my son in youth football, in seven years, I had I never had a concussion in practice. We only had 15 minutes of really actual 
live contact once every two weeks anyway because of all the other drills and the way you can go about teaching the game that you're not constantly tackling. It's actually techniques and how you go about using your shoulder pads to really um, play the game. But I had only two concussions in seven years, and one was at 13 and one was age 14, and there's a reason for that. When you hit puberty, you go from 105 to 165. From 7 to about 11, it's a weeble-wobble stage. I mean, we're bumping into one another. Mm-hmm. But once you hit puberty, yes, the pads do pop a little more. Mm-hmm. That's why we could do a whole show on this. When you're saying don't play tackle football till age 14, first of all, what basis is that off of? So now it's okay to start letting kids play football when they hit harder, they're bigger, stronger, and faster. So yeah, the bigger, harder impact sense, isn't important. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to sit there and tell me, oh, the development from 7 to 11 is more important than development from 8 to 4, 15 when your brain's not fully developed to age 25. Well, why wouldn't you just say age 25 then? Just <laughs> to protect the brain. If we're that sensitive, if we're that fragile, and there's going to be massive issues later in life from playing contact sports, yeah. you only have a few billion people to pick from that you can say, hey, listen, Back in the day when you jumped on a trampoline all day long or you went on a roller coaster ride as a kid or you had that pillow fight or you were wrestling in the backyard or you run across the room and jumping in the couch full speed when you're five, six years old. That's why you we got an epidemic problem mm-hmm. cognitively and socially. and Where are all these people? Because this is not just football. It's any sudden shift activity. So trampolines are a part of it. Pillow fights are a part of it. Playing in the backyard. You ever coach youth basketball ages five to six? You talk about contact. <laughs> you talk to these kids to dribble, and they just learn how to walk. They're banging into each other. They got more accidents in basketball than I ever did on a football field. But the, the, the question's great, the awareness. And it's not just football. I mean, we're now we're sports. talking about concussions in, in all kinds of different sports, and particularly well, yeah, when you get hit girls. in the head with yeah. a 95 mile an hour fastball yeah. in baseball. That's a concern. Uh, that's going to do some damage, yes. too. Yeah. Right. But and notice what they've done with their helmets and all the yeah. stuff to help protect, you know. Right. Where were you, you were talking to somebody's, I can't remember the, the statistic that you quoted, but the guy who had the clinic. Yeah, there was research done on um, these concussion clinics across the country. So they went to uh, a bunch of them in the East Coast area, and they went in and they asked them, okay, if we took away football, football didn't even exist on this planet. We just were able to get rid of it, okay? Mm-hmm. How much would it affect your business as far as concussions you see, the work that you do on a daily basis? Think of the percentage. I'm actually thinking a little higher than what he says because when he says it, I was like, wow. Even that puts so – they all told him about 10%. Wow. It's that – at which really tells you, he goes, shoot, that's – Based on what we see from concussions and head trauma, it goes, it's mm. wheeled sports, riding bikes, um, any type of wheeled sport before they're 18. Mm. All car the things I talked about, one. car accidents, um, falling off trampoline. I mean, just stumbling in the shower, trips and falls. And you know, just, mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, people still think it only happens in one arena, and that is football. That's interesting, too, because you mentioned – that this is a fairly new phenomenon and a fairly new hysteria. And in the past, in the 50s and 60s, NFL players would get concussed and go back into the game, the same game and then play the next week. And with the helmets that they wore back then? <laughs> now, just so you know, I mean, I said I came, I was in an era, I call me a bridge player. I started in the NFL with the old regime. I mean, the guys that you just talked about, I left, I was a free agent when in the I left. 80s, right? right. So yeah. I went from 87 to 94. By the time I leave, I'm one of the first group of players to ever be a free agent. So I know what that world is like. I know what it's not like to not have that as well. But some of those ha- helmets still had the 
the straps in them, the suspension helmet wow. that was plastic. Okay. Remember those. Helmets, okay, they, all they were do, all those helmets back in the day were to protect the skull. I mean, that's about mm-hmm. all they could. But now we have helmets that don't just withstand impact, they absorb and deflect impact. So even the mm-hmm. impacts that do have, the protection of them is, now I bet you do, I know this, my career ended 22 years ago. I'm laying in an intensive care room, and the helmet was being discussed because somebody told me a NASCAR helmet was better than a, a, an NFL helmet. I'm like, well, why don't we wear NASCAR helmets? And they're like, well, NASCAR helmets are meant to absorb impact because they just got to survive one accident. Mm-hmm. Football helmets have to withstand impact. So we give up a lot of the protection that we could possibly get from like a NASCAR helmet, but we can't replace helmets every play. So they Anyway, that technology, that's where that was. Today, we're absorbing the deflect and impact with with football helmets, which is wow. un- incredible. It should be so exciting. That, that doesn't mean you're not, you can't get a concussion, okay? There's no concussion-proof helmet. But the improved technology is mind-boggling what we have now versus, to your point, thousands and thousands of players that played just in the NFL at that era. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it's it's a an amazing um uh subject and, a, and an amazing hysteria that's going on um is it is it going to affect long term um whether or not football is played i mean because we have thought many times with the changes that they're making in the game it's changed it pretty dramatically and the hysteria surrounding it seems to be uh almost to the point where i think some could advocate shutting down football Permanently, do you see that happening? Well, I don't know what they would do. What basis would they do that on? I mean, there's no scientific evidence whatsoever to support shutting down football. There's absolutely none. When you look at all of the incredible things mm-hmm. that sports bring us, football has brought to, to us mm-hmm. um, the things it's able to help build young people with. That do we lose that tool? Yeah, that would be an absolute travesty. And I don't know what you could possibly want to shut it down for. Based on if you're completely informed and educated, mm-hmm. there is not. In fact, you would be excited your kids got to play in this area. You would be Definitely. angry that you didn't get to play in this area. You'd be frustrated mm-hmm. but excited for your kids. But I, I actually, I'm hoping that when you understand all the facts, mm-hmm. the real truth, if you really investigate, you say, do the investigation, and you're fair with things, you have an open mind, you would be excited about the era that we exist today. And there's zero evidence scientific or otherwise to say we should be shutting down contact sports and dr cummings real quick we have about 30 seconds now i gotta talk fast um uh uh, what do you say to parents because you're a parent who's who's been okay with your son playing football what they must ask you all the time is it safe what do you what do you say to parents constantly it's so a couple different ways you can go about it one is try to tell them my story how Mm -hmm. i kind of got to where i am and then I tell them to go talk to the coaches and questions to ask, okay. which, we, which we talk about in the book. Um, get Go to practices. Yeah. Football practices are wide open fields. Go see for yourself. And the book, by the way, Brainwash, the bad science behind CTE and the plot to destroy football, available everywhere and online. Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks for coming Thanks, in. Thank you, guys. Really interesting. Appreciate it.